All right, back here on the Sports Grind, Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing, spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 877-37-GRIND. All right, keeping it going, keeping it going. Um, All right, so moving into the next game on the docket, which is the Denver Broncos. Uh, who hosted the Green Bay Packers and ended up walking away with a victory yesterday, um, a two-point victory. Um, Was a slight underdog at home, plus one, I think, by the time it went off. Uh, Look, I'm not going to lie to you. Um, I've got – there's mixed emotions on this, though, Um, in regards to if you have rooting interest in the Denver Broncos – because um, honestly, I can say I've never felt this way after a win in any of my, um, you know, 40 years almost of being a Denver Bronco fan. I've never felt this way after a win, meaning like because I'm there watching the game and I'm just for one, I'm eager to see how they're going to look defensively. Was Kansas City's game just, I mean, keep in mind, they had 10 days off. They played last Thursday, so they had time off. I'm trying to think, is Kansas City game was just a fact of their struggles receivers-wise? Were there something to that? And that's what I was really focusing in on to yesterday, looking at that game. And, you know, the defense, they continued to look like they're improved. Um, offensively, same old story. Opening drive, scripted, go all the way down. Okay, because you didn't get the ball first. Green Bay did. Um, No, excuse me. You did get the ball first. And you go all the way down. You score a touchdown, but there's a holding penalty. That backs you up. Javante Williams goes right in the end zone. Yellow laundry on the field. Backs you up 10 yards, 15 yards. Next thing you know, selling for a field goal. So, again, penalties continue to be part of this team, and I've always subscribed to this. I don't care if it's a team that I've got rooting interest in or not. Penalties are associated with bad football teams, and this is still a bad football team. And, you know, when you look at that game, um, another thing to get to, and I know it's positive on a win, but that's why I'm trying to just give you the negative because I'm, I'm, I'm torn on this. Uh, you know, how I feel about them, because if you look at the other thing in this game, this situation with the timeouts in regards to this particular coaching staff um, yesterday, this is kind of on Vance Joseph. A lot's been on Vance. His unit is playing better. Um, There's a situation to where it's in the second half and you're trailing at this time. And Miami calls, not Miami, excuse me, uh, Green Bay calls a timeout. Go to TV, they call a timeout. They come back out, you're on, Denver's on defense, and Denver has to pretty much call another timeout because they've only got 10 guys on the field. Think, like, and for the first time, and it's crazy because the cameras picked it up, and AC and I was watching it, and she called it and looked at it. I was like, hey, you know, Sean gave this stare like an advanced Joseph soul. Like, what are we doing, man? Like, uh, like I, that's, and I read, you know me, I read Legos. That's two, t- they burned out. So now you only really got one timeout. 
And this was about a substitution. And Sean talked about it after the game. He's just like, that's that's come on, that's high school stuff, man. This is the NFL. Coming off a timeout, you're supposed to have your personnel. How do you only have 10 guys on the field? Because I guarantee you they lose that game. This is what everybody in the media that covers that team is talking about today. Because it's been an ongoing story with this particular football team. Now, Russ got the ball. They end up going back, going down to score. They were able to get the ball back. Okay. Lutz, one of Sean's signs, was money yesterday. And I'll tell you this. All you Brandon Mannix, Brandon McManus backers in Orange Nation after the first couple weeks, oh, we had Brandon McManus. We shouldn't have let him go. And look, we're trying out kickers. Brandon ain't making that. I ain't seen Brandon McManus make. That, that was a 52, 53-yard field goal in thin air. He hit another 40-something. I ain't seen Brandon McManus. I ain't talking about what he's done with Jacksonville. I'm talking about, and still, I ain't seen him do it with Jacksonville yet. I'm talking about when the game is in the ballots of about six to five points and you need to hit a field goal like that. Brandon McManus ain't done that for Denver in forever and he was getting paid too much. So props to Lutz. I mean, he he single hand, well, not single handedly, but he won that game yesterday. Um, so that's a positive thing. But the coaching, the timeouts, and again, this situation with the offense. Now, the other thing that came out of this was the post game interview. With Sean Payton. And and I know we've been trying to get Troy Rank back in. I know he's real busy. I want to get him on the show. I know his voice. And I know this was him that asked this question. And and Sean was testy on this. And when he was asked about, you know, this whole streak and blown leads and stuff. Let's hear what Sean Payton exchanged between him and Troy Rank. This team, Coach, had a weird stat where they had blown 10 halftime leads. Only three of those. Oh. Your team, the Broncos, that had 10 straight halftime leads, blown. Well, my team three this blown year. 10 straight. Right, the, your, three this year, but how much does well, you it You said mean? your team. Uh, so let's start and the, say the, the Denver Broncos, Broncos had, historically. Yeah, yeah. Broncos I don't pay attention to that. Had blown that. I don't pay attention to that. How much does it mean? I don't to, pay attention to it. To, no, to see you get over the hump in the second half. It wasn't our hump. It wasn't our hump. I'm, I'm saying that respectfully. I, it wasn't our hump. Um, we're trying to win. Pat mentioned it to me, and I thought it was one of these, like, all right, what next? I mean, meaning in New Orleans, you know, we hadn't won a playoff game on the road. Or, you know, all the – it's like, you know, the good teams don't have those issues. The teams that aren't as good have halftime, whatever. Um, but that that's, – that's, that's not – your team would not be the right word for it. So, but, um, anything else? Um. First of all, this is my part of me, the reason why I've been wanting to get Troy back on the show, because it, Troy, look, you know, um, I've had conversations over the years with Mike Kliss. I mean, you know, um, was fortunate to meet him a few years ago um, when I covered the uh, Super Bowl down in Houston. Um, I've had him on this show before over the years. Um, Troy, though, <laughs> look, Troy has been asking questions with Sean over the course of the last week or month. And I know I've heard Troy also say that he, he's he's wondering if Sean has a stomach for this in regards to what's going on, which I think I know he does. And I think he does. He knew what he was getting into. But what you heard in that exchange yesterday that we just played for you right there, you heard a guy that. Again, I told you, you can't, you, all that, we don't read the papers. We don't look at the TV. We don't know. That stuff was never true. I never bought all the way into that. Uh, and right now in 2023, it's impossible because there's social media, there's, there's TV, there's teammates, everybody. Cause if you don't see it, somebody's coming and telling you that. 
Okay, so what you heard right there is finally Sean had had enough and he was just waiting to see who was going to bring this up. He's had enough of figuring out or hearing about this, these streaks, 10 straight bone leads at home, 16 straight to Kansas City because he doesn't feel that's his team. It's his org it's the organization, though, he plays for. So to me, I kind of like to hear that. Because if he's hearing it, I know if he's responding it to it and responding to Troy Rank that way, then I know if for in my opinion, I know he's probably using that behind closed doors to his players, the ones that are still engaged that want to be here with that team going forward. And it makes Kansas City's game very interesting next week. And then they got the bye. But the reason why there's mixed emotions in this, man, and, and before I get to that, let's talk about Kareem Jackson. Hey, man. Out of all the hits Kareem's done, that was one of those that was like, you're going to eject him for that? Now, the flag, I get it. You could who uh, you could be Justin Simmons. He's not getting ejected for that hit. Why? Because he don't have a credit, credit report that Kareem Jackson has. Um, it's that old adage, go, adage goes, you want guys to go at your legs? then you kind of end up like Nick Chubb. Or if you go at a guy's level and you're going in like that, uh, he's going to get suspended. Orange Nation, just be prepared. He's going to get suspended because this is like the fourth time. He's going to get fined again. He's gotten fined like three or four times a season. Okay? They're going to give him a suspension. So that is one of those that as a veteran that's played in this league over 10 years like Kareem Jackson is, you know, he played earlier on, and I understand rules change. But he's got to know better that fact of, I don't know what you do because I ain't played that game at that level. I don't. It's easy for me being on from the couch or on the radio breaking down, but I don't know what he's got to do. But he has to understand he's a marked man, and that's really what it is. Ron Artest in the NBA, Rasheed Wallace. When you go against tech guys, technical guys, Draymond Green, guys are going, Dennis Robin, guys are going to have reputations, and Kareem Jackson has fallen into that particular situation now the crazy thing is walker his backup the guy that was that made the interception to seal the game that was filling in for kareem jackson but also walker was on the guy standing next to damn vance joseph when they only had 10 players on the damn field and sean looking at 10 you see in the and no one's been able to catch it but the stare back vance gave to <laughs> to sean on the sideline when sean back that's like kind of one of those like are you really gonna come at me like that but um look it's a win but I'm going to keep saying this. I swear it's like it's deja vu for me all over again. The Denver Broncos, in my opinion, right now, for what this season has gone and what's really needed to needs to be done is in the same damn situation that the Silver Black in my 210 town, the San Antonio Spurs, have been since the day Kawhi Leonard walked out of here. They just now did what they had to do rip the Band-Aid out, forget the DeMar Rosens of the world, the LaMarcus Aldridge's of the world, rip the Band-Aid and get going, and they found themselves a Wimby. And all of a sudden, they've got a nice little young pieces around them too. This is a deep quarterback draft, and this has nothing to do whether Russ is going to be on this roster or not, whether he is or not. This has to do – Denver has never picked one overall. I don't think that's where they're going anyway. The highest they picked was number two. And who was taking at number two? Von Miller, a future Hall of Famer and a Super Bowl champion. 
it's almost important, in my opinion, for them to get into a top four to three pick. I want top three. They're in no man's land. That's I've, I've used that phrase with the San Antonio Spurs for years. They're in no man's land. And I'm going to tell you the scary thing about it. Because if you look at the team and you look at the way they're coaching and you look whatever, they ain't trying to tank nothing. They ain't really trying to lose anything yet. They haven't been mathematically eliminated. They're trying to win some ball games. They're trying to keep from being embarrassed and being the butt of jokes and the embarrassment of the NFL so far, what they've been through the first course as for this season. But if you're looking from this out and you got rooting interest, you got this, you when you pick and you don't hardly get an opportunity unless you just steady, steady or horrible to pick in that top three or four. So when you look at that, that's the reason why I've got mixed emotions on that win. The only good thing about it, Chicago won. Okay, the Patriots won. Let me tell you something about the Bills. Um, the running game is still an issue, Josh. You know, some people are now trying to sit there. You know, the AC and I've had conversations trying to sit there and say, oh, well, they don't have much talent. All they got is digs. I'm to the point where they're, they need a different coaching staff to get over the hump. They really do. Um, somebody needs to understand that Josh Allen doesn't have to be Superman every week when they get their back up against the wall. And that is not going to change because everything, I don't know if this coach is, I mean, it has nothing to do. I think coach, uh, coach McDermott, I think he's a hell of a coach. It has nothing to do with him as a bad coach. I just think in this situation, it's ran its course. They are four and three. Who in the hell had Buffalo at four and three at this point of the season? Nobody. Even if you thought they were going to take a step back. I mean, I picked Miami to win the division, but I wouldn't even thought Buffalo. Be, they 4-3 and three and lost to the Patriots at damn near a two-touchdown favorite in that game. That was a bad loss for Buffalo. They're 4-3. and three. Patriots are going on. And see, when you look at that particular game yesterday with the Patriots in New England, that's what I talk about when I always come in here and say, hey, a guy like Bill Belichick, Sean Payton, Andy Reid, they're good for two or three wins alone a season in a 17-game week schedule. That's what that was yesterday. That, that's, that, that's one of the goats. That's just what it is. Now, the one thing I will say, Mac Jones had a cleaner pocket to throw from for the most time yesterday. And, the, and if you're a Buffalo Bills fan, you got to understand, and I love them. I just brought up a while ago. That Von, and nobody talks about it because the quarterbacks get the criticism. Oh, they gave up this to get them. They did this. Ain't nobody talking about that money that Buffalo gave Von Miller at the end of his career, which I love Von Miller. He bought a championship to Doe Valley, the third one. Nobody basically talks about that contract with Buffalo. How when you look at the Bills, they can't get pressure on the quarterback. They can't run the ball consistently. Josh does too much stuff, and they can't get pressure from the quarter on the quarterback. But nobody talks about Bills on how much they gave Von Miller, and that ain't worked out for the fact that he's hurt and he hadn't had an impact. And they're sitting at four and three. But back to the Broncos, man. Uh, like I said, that's the only good thing. Carolina didn't play. Chicago won, and the Patriots won. Because going into that game, if I'm not mistaken, that 3 o'clock game yesterday, Green Bay, before they kicked it off, with Chicago winning, I think Arizona was sitting at the number one overall pick and Denver would have been their number two. I'm like, damn, man, they can't even damn tank right. I mean, they, I mean, they win and get, they get 70 put on them, and then when it's time, like, everybody's in this mode, like, man, let's just get this over with. They want to come out, they got to get a W. I don't know. And you know what the worst thing going to happen? 
let them mess around and stop this streak against Kansas City and go into the bye at three and five. They're going to think it's like game on. There's not a trade that's been made yet. And Judy came up a little lame with his hamstring. I'm like, man, that's the thing I'm calling. Like, we're going to trade this dude while we got him out here playing. Now he's pulling up with a hamstring. How the hell are we going to move him? How are we going to get Ballard to bite the bait? No man's land. And it sucks. It sucks. 40 years rooting for that team. And I never felt this way after W. Just mixed emotions. And I ain't the one getting hit. I ain't the one that got incentives. I ain't the one that's the jobs on the line that could get cut. I'm just being selfish of being a fan and looking at it and just saying like, damn, man, uh, this is a nice draft to be up there in that top three or four. Should be interesting, but they're still, that's still a bad football team, man. Jordan Love, people ready to jump off the Jordan Love bandwagon. And if anybody was on it, um, I don't know. I don't know yet. I haven't, I haven't decided on Jordan yet. Um, he's got a lot of pressure. That's a lot of pressure filling in for Aaron Rodgers. Uh, this is his. I understand he's been in the league three or four years, but this is his first full year. I don't know. I know how I feel about Ritter in Atlanta, though. I want to talk about that. Um, college football, we got to get into. UT could be without their starting quarterback for some few weeks to come. Definitely want to talk about that as well. You listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dosecchi's. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing. Spin the one and twos. We'll be back. Texas summers can get hot, but now they're blazing with the new Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix. The latest addition to the Zing Zang lineup brings the same great, bold, and delicious taste that you already know, only much hotter. Shake things up with Zing Zang Blazing Bloody Mary Mix, made with premium ingredients and crafted for a bold and savory taste, whether with your favorite vodka or with the pre-mixed ready-to-drink cans. Zing Zang, America's favorite Bloody Mary and an official sponsor of the sports grind. Please Zing Zang responsibly. For more than a century, the Pendleton Roundup has defined what it means to be a cowboy. It also gave life to something equally renowned, Pendleton Whiskey, capturing that unique spirit in every bottle and honoring the enduring legacy of the American West. Pendleton Whiskey is made with the finest northern grains and cut with Mount Hood Glacier water, a whiskey that celebrates the cowboy in all of us. That's Pendleton Whiskey. That's true Western tradition. Pendleton is the official whiskey of the PBR Tour. Pendleton Distillers, Lawrenceburg, Indiana. Please drink responsibly. Pendleton Whiskey, official sponsor of the sports grind. Are you moving around the greater San Antonio area? Choose the storage experts. Tiger Moving and Storage. Whether you're moving an office or the whole family, Tiger Moving and Storage offers container drop-off and delivery with efficient, prompt, and cost-effective service. To learn more and to secure your portable storage container today, go to ChooseTiger.com. Tiger Moving and Storage, official sponsor of the sports grind. Jacking hammers and bows, back to the mackin' and jacking the clothes. Adolescents packing a foe. A knock on the door. Who is it? I would happen to know the one with the flow. Who did it? It was me, I suppose. JD in the rose. All right, back here on the sports grind. Calvin Casey, Jonas Clark producing and spinning the one and twos. Today's show is being presented by Dosekis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios, 87737Grind. And this next segment is going to be sponsored by Pilden Whiskey. Uh, Keep in mind, Pendleton Whiskey is an oak barrel aged whiskey distilled in Canada using the finest ingredients before bottling glacier fresh spring waters added from Mount Hood, Oregon's 
highest peak. Pinland Whiskey delivers an uncommonly smooth taste and a rich, complex flavor. Pinland Whiskey specifically is uh, created to celebrate the bold spirit of independence and hardworking ethic of the American cowboy and cowgirl. Pinland Whiskey is the official spirit of the Pro Rodeo Cowboy Association and an official whiskey of the Professional Bull Riding Tour, which is the PBR Velocity Tour. And it's an official whiskey of the Sports Grind and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind as well, too. 877-37-GRIND. All right. So keeping it moving here, okay, sticking here to the uh, football theme with the pro before we go uh, here college-wise. A couple other things I wanted to touch on um, yesterday. Um, yeah, so Ritter, I brought it up. Uh, Atlanta uh, was able to go ahead and get a victory against the Tampa Bay Bucks. Um, Ritter damn near lost that game for them yesterday. Uh, one had a fumble snap right inside the goal, go, you know, the goal line. Now that could have been on the center. Uh, there could have been an exchange. I don't know how much I can put that on Ritter, but again, he fumbled the snap, couldn't even get it back. Next possession as well, too. Going in, think he has a Sunday stroll into the end zone. Player comes from behind, straps the ball out. Next thing you know. Ball goes out of bounds over the pylon, out of bounds. Brought this up a couple weeks ago because of the rule. They lose the ball, goes back to Tampa. So they really dodged a, a bullet. Um, you know, was able to uh, get off a field goal. Uh, Wing Yang Ku, victorious. Did I butcher him? Yeah, Young Way. Young Way Ku. Ku. Okay. Yeah, young Way Ku. Well, there's one thing about it I don't discriminate. Okay, because I haven't butchered brothers' names before, Hispanics, Caucasians. So before we get into time, oh, man, that's just racist. He knew what he was doing. No, don't discriminate. Butchered it. Kicked the winning field goal, though. Okay. Uh, but they, Ritter, you know, I had a, uh, I got a buddy of mine, diehard Atlanta Falcons fan. Um, and, you know, I, I text him and said, hey, man. I don't know, man. I think y'all might have missed on that. I don't know if he's the quarterback. Uh, if he, his response was missed on what? He was a third-round pick. I was like, you know what? <laughs> You're kind of right. Like, even if he ain't the guy, Atlanta's been a third-round pick. But I think they still got quarter, quarterback issues. I don't know if Ritter's that guy. Uh, I really don't. Uh, they've kind of struggled. And can somebody tell me why the Atlanta Falcons drafted Pitts in that top, what was it, top 10 at the time? As a tight end, they do not. He's been there now. This is what he's going into his second year here or third, maybe. They don't hardly use him. They don't use him. He caught a pass yesterday with his ass paws. You know, he trapped it on his butt cheek when it was a crucial play in the game. They don't even go to him. And what about fantasy's owners getting screwed on B. John Robinson yesterday? I got screwed twice yesterday in fantasy. First of all, it'll be the last time this season I start Deshaun Watson's ass. Gets hurt in the first quarter, first few plays, zero points there, which I'm going to make a rule suggestion change in my league commissioner. And number two, Bijan Robinson, all of a sudden, like he wasn't a scratch before the game. He wasn't that he had no attempts. And then all of a sudden, the report starts coming out, he's feeling ill. And I'm like, did he eat something pregame? What he's like? And the next thing you know, he comes back in the game in the fourth quarter for a couple touches. I'm like, what the hell? No reports from Bijan, but back to Pitts, man. I don't understand why Atlanta drafted him. I really don't. They don't use him hardly at all. That is a wasted top 10 pick. What do you got? Uh, Bijan Robinson comes out today that uh, he was dealing with migraines. Oh. He got a little Percy Harvin 
Yeah, those are tough. Sur- uh, surfacing. <laughs> Said he felt completely out of it. Struggled to sleep and woke up on Sunday feeling completely out of it, was his words. Uh, took medicine, but the headache continued. Yeah, migraines are definitely tough. I used to deal with them a couple times when I was younger. Not in my adult life, but migraines are no joke. But with that said, I can say, hey, B. John, guess they don't make them like they used to, man. Therese, a guy by the name of Terrell Davis, number 30. Super Bowl on the line. First one. Had migraine. Mike Shannon said, he said, I can't see. Mike said, I don't need to see you on this play. I just need you to get out there because we're going to run this sprint right option. They ain't going to believe it if you ain't in it. Don't make them like they used to. They don't want no MVP. But anyway, migraine. Oof. Then why did he suit out then? then just, I mean, if you got a headache that bad and migraines can be that can bring a grown man, a tough man to his knees. Those are tough. But just scratch that early on before the game. I mean, he had those migraines in pregame. It was enough to get the information to Jay Glazer or Adam Schefter to put him on a scratch. People trying to win fantasy leagues out here. We got people betting money on this damn thing. He's just standing over there. Nobody knows. What do you got? Well, again, I think it goes back to the fact of if there's no report out there, then the other team can't use that to their advantage. And so you put him on the field. He's still a playmaker, and he's a special one at that. Well, I will tell you this. That's a good point, but I will tell you this is a different time of the NFL, and the NFL has created a monster, and there's a lot more people besides their opposing team that's got interest in whether B. John Robinson is going to be playing or not. And that's what the NFL has to deal with. I agree with the point you're making, but in the day of really sports gambling more than anything, more than fan, yes, fantasy football is 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 a play, but we're really talking about people putting money on this in states that are legalized to gamble on it you you can't like it's a thin line with holding out information because you don't want the other team to know that if if you haven't heard a report by 12 o'clock eastern standard time that whether it's a quarterback or running back a receiver is going to be out in my in the day and time we live in now with 2023 that's too late that's too late because that that unless he came down now, if you pull a hamstring and warm up, if all of a sudden you get the runs, you know, and warm up, you know, you feel okay. That's one thing. But you you he woke up yesterday with a migraine headache. He went to the stadium with a migraine headache, and at that time they've got to make a decision, and they probably knew whether they were gonna if he wasn't gonna go or not. So that's you you've got an if you created a monster which the national football league has when it comes to sports betting and fantasy you're gonna have to be a little bit more timely and transparent on that that's all i'm saying eight seven seven three seven grind all right last night's game um saw the philadelphia eagles uh defeat the miami dolphins this was the game of the week everybody was talking about going into uh this week's action of the nfl and um it didn't really live up to the hype for more. I mean, the game didn't seem as close as even the score indicated. Uh, Miami, I left that game uh, with some concerns. Um, and there was concerns that I've heard from room, you know, rumblings of other people. Uh, but I'm like, hey, I picked this team to win the AFC East. I picked them to be in the uh, AFC Championship game. Let me see it. I've got to be honest. And when I and look at this, and I don't want to really judge them totally defensively-wise until they get Jalen Ramsey back. But I think the concern I left with this is when they play, and look, not every team has a defensive front like Philly and can get after the quarterback. But when they play a team that does and they can't run the ball, they're in trouble. Um, you know, I think yesterday Philly did a good job 
with taking the perimeter run out of the equation. They couldn't hit the, they want to run and stretch you on the perimeter to get all that stuff in motion, waddled and hit you with Tyreek Hill. They couldn't run the ball yesterday and they were in trouble. And um, they took a loss. Uh, you know, Philly continues to win. You know, they were coming off of a loss. Jalen Hurts played okay. You know, he threw another questionable interception yesterday. Got a misfortune tip ball. Uh, but they were able to be victorious. But again, we walk out of this game like we normally do with Philly. And the conversations of this Philly tush push play. Okay. Uh, and pretty much, you know, Sirianni was basically asked about this in the post game about this particular play and this is what his response was psychological edge do you think it gives you guys that you can run that play it's first and nine every down you know every first down it's first and nine um knowing that if you get the fourth the fourth and one um shoot a lot of faith in that play um just be you know yeah so um it, it was awesome again just Jason Kelsey starts it off. Jalen Hurts, uh, you know, is right there. You know, haven't been able to drive because you've seen it, right? You've seen it across the league that people can't do it like we can do it. They can't do it like we can do it, and uh, and so I'm making my plug right there. Like, don't don't ban this play. Like, if everyone could do it, everybody would. Where's the camera? If everybody could do it, everybody would do it. Um. Sounds like, hey, baby, you can't do it like I can. Tell me, come, give me a shot. Sound like a damn R&B, baby. You can't do it like we can. Look, man, uh, he's cocky. I mean, he 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 embottles a little bit what Philly is about. I agree what he said. I mean, I kind of said it a week because I was I've been a favor to get. I've been down with Peter King. I've been riding with Peter King. We need to get this out of the league now. But I also came in here a week and a half ago and said, you know, after looking at this at the college level, looking at the NFL, nobody else can execute this play at the high rate Philly does. So now if you take it away, you look like you just hating on the city of Bully Love. Nick Sirianni, he, he's cocky as all hell. Get out. Um, they execute. Keep it, they ran that play. A game within the balance of a still a one score game. They ran that to pick up a first down on their 20 or 30. I think it was. They converted like four for four and fourth downs. And the, the sit up there to say, is, oh, it's first and nine. I mean, you know, I, I just I still think it's going to be up for discussion at the at, at the at the officials meetings on the rules meeting the offseason this winter. I, I don't know if they'll change it, but it'll be under discussion. Uh, but they've been able to execute that play. At least we know how they really feel about it. You know, I saw Travis Kelsey's brother pretty much go ahead and talk about it. Um, you know, it was, I was interested to figure out what he had to say, anything besides Taylor's update on Taylor Swift. And I was helping his brother. I mean, the, the networks, it's getting to the nausea, man. I mean, come on. I mean, this is just getting ridiculous. Now we've got a particular uh, celebration choreography between Patrick Mahomes' wife and Taylor Swift because they know the cameras. You have to hire Janet Jackson to go ahead and choreograph that for y'all. This is disgusting. And I've heard the numbers of when you look at Travis and Kelsey's numbers when he's she's there. She kind of put, okay, Travis was one of them dudes on Friday nights like, hey, man, I invited Susie to the game. Now, you know, I asked her to prom, man. I'm going to show out tonight. You know, just go ahead and throw me a couple touchdowns. I'm going to throw out, you know, Susie. Come on. That's who Travis is. That's who Killer Trevs is. The only difference is back there was probably not Susie. It was probably Shaniqua until she got with Taylor. But that's a whole other thing. I'm sick of it. And Andy Reid coming, oh, hey, man, just, hey, tell Taylor she stay around the home games. Yeah, it's okay. It's all funny and games. 
okay, into something blue. Because because I want the split up covered with the same intensity. That's all I'm saying. I want the split up covered with the same intensity. But I was done. I was done talking about it until I saw Taylor Swift and Patrick Mahomes' wife, who's been annoying as hell before Taylor even showed up to Kansas City. Patrick and his brother. That's why I couldn't make that kind of money Patrick have and having, having my wife or my brother act like that. Like, I mean, man, sit y'all's ass down somewhere before I cut y'all off. Patrick's just really a good dude. Oh, the little shaking to me or whatever like that. Come on, man. And does she have any other lipstick in the repertoire but so it's bright red? Uh, that's her favorite color, Cal. Oh, what are you? Are you, are you, are you a Swifty? Are you telling me you were Swifty, John? How the hell you know that? I do get down with some Taylor Swift. Wow. I'm, I'm not going to lie here. Uh, but uh, she had like a whole album called Red. Oh, my goodness. And, uh, yeah, that's it. That's her thing. Well, Kansas City was able to get another victory. Um, I might I'll go ahead and get that thought before you forget because I want to add some more. What are you going to add? So I was out with some people yesterday uh-huh. uh, during that two, the two, uh, 2 o'clock in the afternoon slate. And uh, there's a, there was a female in the group, and she's giving me chief score updates because uh, she's a Swifty, and she's like, she, and, and she you know she knows that I do you know sports talk, My and God. she's giving me score updates, and she let me know a little nugget though that in the Swifty world, there's a rumor that her tour resuming lines up with Kansas City's Week Ten bye week, so there's a rumor. That Travis is going to be going and traveling to her concert, and she's starting the international leg here. So if he really takes away, t- goes away on the bye week, do you have a problem with him supporting his girlfriend on tour uh, on a, on your bye week in the middle of the season, Cal? You say it comes in week ten. Yeah, their bye week is week ten. You talk about all the distractions yeah, and everything I mean, that he's well, done with the podcasting and the commercials and now dating it's Taylor. A, it's a, let, let me pull my Sean Payton. That's a fair question. But let me just go ahead and tell you how to, you should ask that question. I'm like, can't wait to talk to Troy. Like, hey, man, got shot all riled up. Hey, um, look, good question, fair question. But I'm going to sit there and say I'm to the point now. He's already in the pool, man. I mean, he's got commercials on heavy rotation. He's got a podcast with his brother once a week. It's too late now. I mean, I like I would tell you a playoff bye week with Tony Romo pulled is one thing. Week ten, I ain't gonna rip him for that because it's all we are it's already a production show right now. I already know what he's trying to do. So I'm not gonna but all I will tell you this you know, I hate to put the because we haven't had one in a while. So I hate to sit. Don't go back to back. Let them. They, they better win. I, I'm getting to that point. They better go go back to back, or it better not be his fault. Because because trust me, they like it. But I and you know, Andy's making a joke about it. But I guarantee you, them guys and even Pat, I'm I'm telling you, they tired of talking about it. Has to be. You know, they've got to. Trav said that about four weeks ago. He said the NFL is blowing this out of proportion. I don't want to hear from Trav because Trav started it. That that's so dumb. Okay, that's like a kid playing with matches and starting a fire. Like, mom, why is the house burnt? No, man, what are you talking about? There, you did it. Everything choreographed from the walk in the locker room. Have the cameras there, man. I finished my media duties. Come on, we're just gonna walk here, and somebody's gonna be feeding us. We're gonna get millions of views. And then you want to go on a podcast with your brother and talk. Oh man, cut it out, man. They've gone too far. Shut up, Trev. Okay, just thank the blessings that you got. Andy Reid calling plays, and you play with one five. 
I lost my I like to lost myself when I heard Shannon Sharp call him the goat today. I'm like, what? And and I and Shannon's been on this okay. I'm like, man, they doing your makeup that thick, Shannon? Like you like you they doing your makeup so thick that you're gonna sit there, the guy that invent helped invent the position, you're gonna skip Trevor we're talking about for one yourself, he's modern Tony Gonzalez, Rob Gonkowski, Mark Bavaro. Go Google them. Go YouTube them. We're gonna like Travis. Look, Travis is a first-time ballot Hall of Famer. He is going to go down as one of the best tight ends to ever played this game. Bonified. But 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 let's put it in context. And we got just like the teacher said, "Hey man, I know that I crammed this in, y'all. I'm gonna give a 15 point grading curve on the final. Well, we are gonna talk a grading curve. We gonna put him in a ghost. Well, let's talk about who calling the plays, who throwing the ball. Can't have both, man. Relax. I'm like, damn, they got Shannon's makeup cake that much. His brother calling Killer Trev the goat already at tight ends. Hell, I don't even know how much better he is than George Kittle or Mark Andrews. Yeah. I mean, to, to me, look, I've always said this is splitting hairs. But you can't minus on who's calling the plays and who's throwing them to. Those, that improvising that Patrick Mahomes done and the one thing they've got where Kill, Trav knows how to get open, that's all a situation that's allowed of about 1-5. So I'm going to do y'all what I do to Dak Prescott. So you mean to tell me that if you put Mark Andrews with Patrick Mahomes and basically Andy Reid, he can't do that. You go put George Kittle with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid. He can't have the same type of stats trap that you've got to go out there and perform it. I get that. But to sit there before the career's even over and call him the greatest tight end to ever play, uh, him and Shannon must have some business venture that's about to come out together. Well, statistically, he's taking it down. Uh, I mean, him, him, and he's already chasing Gronks, and he's still got a few more years to go. Um, so, it's statistically, he's there. Uh, Gronk had Big Twelve, TB Twelve thrown to him. Okay, uh, Unk had uh, John Elway thrown to him, Mister Number Seven over there, and then also had Trent Dilfer thrown to him. And they won a Super Bowl, and, and they won a Super Bowl. But okay, those things play a factor. And then Shanahan, you know, Mike, Mike was calling plays and everything. So. And you got to give Kelsey his due. First of all, and Shannon, there was nobody playing the position like Shannon. Shannon helped burp Tony Gonzalez, Antonio Gates. He made basketball players get looked at to play that position. So I'm always going to go by the original, not the P. Diddy remake. I like Killer Trev, man. He is, but but let's bump down. Let him finish the career first. Like, damn, Taylor got this whole effect going on everybody. Damn thing. Listen to the Sports Grind. Today's show is being presented by Dos Equis. Get a dose. We are broadcasting here from the Maestro de Bell Tequila Studios. We'll be back. When life sounds too much like this... It's time to consider more of this. Sometimes a little shift is all you need. A dose of perspective. Dos Equis Lager. Get a dose. Enjoy Dos Equis responsibly. Copyright 2021. Imported by Cervezas Mexicanas, White Plains, New York. Maestro Dobel Tequila was born from 11 generations of tequila-making legacy. It is sourced from a single estate in the volcanic lowlands of Jalisco, Mexico, using the finest 100% blue agave. Double distilled and aged in European white oak barrels, Maestro Dobel's commitment to innovation isn't only to discover new ways of distilling and aging. It's about elevating and crafting a superior tequila that is the essence of mastery. 
Maestro Dobel is the official tequila of the PGA Tour and an official sponsor of the Sports Grind. Please drink responsibly. It's time to warm up that scoreboard and get ready to bring home the win with Specs. Specs has you covered with lower prices on all your favorite fan fuel. From craft beer, rare spirits, and world-class wine to chips, dips, and gourmet finer foods. And with same-day delivery when you order online or through the app, Specs is your MVP for the biggest score of the game. At Specs, the fun starts here. Here's to you, cheers to savings. Just because the sun is setting earlier doesn't mean the fun stops sooner. Now is the perfect time to get to Specs and stock up on after-summer savings with fresh new releases in every category. Specs has Texas' largest selection of lower-priced wines, craft cocktail ingredients, and beers that'll have you raising a glass to every sunset. The biggest savings of the season are at Specs. The fun starts here. Whether you're looking for a date night at the Dominion or a light meal while shopping on the weekend, stop by Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion. Just five minutes north of the shopping center, Thai Lao Orchid's Vietnamese options are great for dinner or lunch, serving up staples from curry and noodles to the house special Nam and seafood lovers steamed clay pot. They're open weeknights from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. and noon till 9 on Saturdays and noon to 8 on Sundays. That's Thai Lao Orchid at the Dominion, official sponsor of the Sports Grind.